Welcome to the first episode of the Becoming Madison podcast. Uh, my name is Madison, and I'm here with my roommate, Allison Kelly. Hi! And first we'll um, start out by introducing ourselves a little bit, and then we'll talk about the program that we are involved in um, that is allowing us to live and work in Spain. So first... Let's talk about like where we're from and what we were doing right before Spain. Allison, you can start. Sure, sure. Um, yes, I am Allison, and I have been living in Spain for a little over six months. And before I came to Spain, I was living in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, had graduated from the University of Georgia in 2014. Um, and I had started working in the advertising industry, um, worked in the advertising industry for almost three three years at two different agencies and just kind of felt this disconnect between what I wanted to do and what I was currently doing. And I had gotten out of a long-term relationship and I just um, had heard about this program through a friend and I'd always wanted to live and work abroad. So I applied for it and we'll get more into that, but um, end up being one of the best decisions I've made. Work will be there when I get back and my citizenship for the U.S. and my um, degree aren't going anywhere, so might as well do something crazy while you're young. Yeah, so uh, my story is a little different from Allison's. I'm also from Atlanta, Georgia, and that is how we met miraculously, which will is a whole different story, but oh, yeah. we can get into that later. <laughs> but uh, I graduated in May of 2017 from Kennesaw State University, and I minored in Spanish and I uh, majored in public relations. But I didn't know what I wanted to do. The job search kind of gave me anxiety. I wanted to cry every time I thought about it. So mm -hmm. I'd always wanted to do study abroad, but never had the opportunity or never thought I had the opportunity um, or the money to do so. So I knew I wanted to move abroad, and I met a complete stranger who told me about the program, and that led to me being here today. And I've been here for... So you've been here for a little over six months, mm -hmm. so I guess I've been here for about five and a half, yeah. six months. First, let's talk about the program itself. Um, just a basic introduction. We live in Spain. We're living in Madrid right now, and we are paid by the Spanish government, the ministry, mm -hmm. to teach English, or to be, rather, language assistants. Exactly. Um, so, Allison, maybe you can talk about like what requirements you need for the program. Sure. So, similar to Madison, I heard about this program from a friend that had actually done it the year previous. Like Madison said, we can get paid and we can get um, sponsorship for our visa to live and work here legally. Basically, you, the only two requirements um, are you need to have your college degree, doesn't matter what the degree is in, and you need to be a native speaker of English. And the first misconception about this program is the People think you need to speak Spanish before you move here or before you start the program. That is absolutely not true. I minored in Spanish, so I thought I had a foundation for Spanish. <laughs> when I got here, it turned out I knew nothing. But Allison, you had a summer of Spanish classes. Yeah, here. so I, took, um, I started taking Spanish classes in about June of the summer before we came here. And then I got here in October. So I had very basic... Um, understanding of the Spanish language. Part of the program in the instructions for the ap application, it does say they want you to have a conversational level of Spanish, but there's no real test or any sort of marker that you have to pass. It just kind of asks and hopes that you have a conversation level of Spanish. But 
on our day-to-day jobs, I mean, our, our bilingual coordinators even said, you know, don't speak Spanish with the children. They really want you to be speaking fully in English to have them really immersed in English. So, um, so you really can get by without knowing Spanish if you really don't know any, of course. But, of course, there's Google Translate. We used it every day when we first moved mm-hmm. here. So don't worry about that. If you don't speak Spanish, this program is still open to you. Um, it's still an opportunity, so don't. So I know for me, um, a reason I wanted to move to Spain in particular, um, I wanted to travel abroad, but I w- Spain in particular because I wanted to learn Spanish. Um, have I done that? Um, that's not for me to say. <laughs> but uh, that was one of my top priorities. So I heard about it from a complete stranger. I was waiting tables in Atlanta, and she told me about the program, and she was living in Madrid as well. I applied the next week, and nine months later, I was living in Madrid, so it all worked out. There are a lot of programs there out there um, that will advertise teaching English in uh, Spain. One of them is called CIEE. One's called Beta. Another, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know of any others. Maestro, I think, is one. Mm -hmm. This program that we are a part of essentially is CIEE's program, except for we don't pay $2,000 for the application process to be completed by a third party. Yes, CIEE, I would say, is basically a third party that's going to do all the paperwork for you. So if you have some some money laying around, of course, it's, it's an easier process because... If you want to be guaranteed a placement, like I have a friend of mine that did CIE, and she wanted to be guaranteed to have a spot in Madrid. So she paid CIE, and then she got her placement, I think, earlier than we did, and they did a lot of the legwork for her in terms of visa requirements, you know, um, certified translating, things like that, um, and different services to help you get placed. I know when you come over to Madrid, they help you with an apartment, they have you stay in a hotel for a little while, and they pay that um, cost for you instead of moving here by yourself. Yeah, and also they are always there to answer questions during your year abroad. Mm -hmm. So it's a great opportunity or an option if you have the money. But um, for me, I chose to just do everything um, directly by myself. Yeah. Um, But also the pay is different between um, the auxiliaris program and beta, which is another one that we have a couple friends in, and they get paid less and work way more hours. Yeah. So apart from other programs... For any of these programs, do you need a TEFL, a Teaching English as a Foreign Language certification, or the desire to become an English teacher? You know, I can't speak for the other programs, but I know for sure with the Auxiliatus program, you don't need a TEFL. I do know that you can get paid more in your private lessons if you do have a TEFL certification, because the girl who told me about this program has one from her school in the States, and she gets she can ask for more money with with her private lessons. But as far as the programs, you don't get paid more. Right. And I do know that with CIEE, Beta, and the program we're in, Auxiliaris de Conversacion, you don't need a TEFL. But mm-hmm. and then I get a que- the question a lot: Do you, did you uh, major in any kind of education? Exactly. But no, public relations and Allison was marketing, so mm-hmm. no. You exactly. Don't. And then maybe we can just talk about what an average day looks like for us in our sure. schools. Okay, so I work in a primary school, so I'm teaching second, third, and fourth graders. They're age six um, through ten, I believe. And an average day for me, 
I work in Mostoles, which is about an hour outside of the city center where we live currently. And so I'll wake up at 8, get there at 9. I'm there until 2 in the afternoon. And I just assist the English teachers that I work with. I assist them with pronunciation, with um, listening exercises, facilitating conversation, evaluating the proficiency of the children because um, they have an oral exam at the end of the year. Sometimes I decorate hallways with paper and glue, and <laughs> sometimes I'm going on field trips. So it, every day is different, mm -hmm. but mainly the biggest thing to understand is we're not the English teacher. We don't right. have to do lesson plans. In fact, we're told we're not supposed to do the lesson plans because we're not, you know, we're getting paid to just be the language assistant. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to certain holidays, too, like when we're on Thanksgiving, of course, they don't have Thanksgiving in Spain. So, you know, doing a presentation about what's Thanksgiving like in the States and, um, yeah. you know, where are you from and mm -hmm. what are some different things that are um, colloquial to the United States. But, yeah, just mainly getting the point across that, yeah, you're not an English teacher, technically. You are an assistant. So there shouldn't be um, questions about, you know, will I have to discipline my students? Will I need to grade papers? Will I need to lesson plan? That shouldn't really be something that is on your radar as an assistant. Um, really, your main focus is helping them learn the English language. I mean, to just be candid, it's relatively an easy mm -hmm. Position. But then Allison and I are in primary schools, and so secondary schools, um, which is our high school, I'm assuming, mm -hmm. high school, and then also you can be in other um, age groups. There's even, when I was applying, it said that you could high be in, in high school and business professionals. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I can't speak to any of those experiences. I, I think it's about the same overall. You're just facilitating conversation, helping with exam review. You're not doing lesson plans. So. Right. Um, anything else you want to add about the program itself? I just want to talk a minute about why we think this program is worthwhile. Um, the reason I'm making this podcast is because I received a couple of messages on my social media from friends from college or high school that said, how are you doing that? I'm really, I really want to teach um, English abroad. I'm looking at different programs. What program do you use? So I'm really making this podcast and Allison's here with me mm -hmm. because we have people in our lives that say hey I want to know about the program you're in so this is informational for you and also I want to encourage people who have a, a have a desire to live in Europe but don't know if it's possible for them mm -hmm. and this program is the reality like this is actually um, a reality for you and it's an opportunity for anybody like we said that has a bachelor's degree and speaks English I mean you can do it yeah. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who wants to travel but just doesn't know if taking a year off is a good idea for their career, what would you give them as advice? I mean, I think that's a great question because I just feel like a lot of people, including myself, um, like I had mentioned earlier, I was in the advertising industry for almost three years. And um, I'll be honest with you, I was in a really good job. I was working for AT&T. Um, I had gotten promotion. And I just felt like this is what you're supposed to do out of college, right? All this stuff. But I just felt this disconnect because I felt like you leave college and you have these ideas of traveling the world or, you know, you've got your degree and you can do whatever you want. And the reality of it is, is that um, sometimes you're going to be behind a desk for from nine to five or nine to seven or, you know, without a lunch break, whatever the case may be. And um, I was just looking in the mirror one day thinking I only have 10 days off in the entire year and a passion of mine is traveling. And I just thought I'm never going to be able to travel much less afford it with, you know, having an, uh, an apartment in downtown Atlanta. And um, is this really what my life is looking like, you know? 
I think everybody has that desire to think, oh my gosh, what a great opportunity. Like you have, in my case, you don't have a boyfriend, you don't have any kids, you don't have a dog and you know, you sell your car and go, you know, if that's really my only big possession, I can do it. And it's reality if you really want to jump full in, you know? And so, um, for me, it was, it was a little scary for sure, especially since I had a good job. But, um, I think it's something that, you know, if you have even the slightest desire to do it, I would say you're not going to regret it. At the end of the day, you don't know if you can come back and do an opportunity like this when you're 20s and you don't have things kind of carrying you down, you know? Yeah, and I know for me, I was just so scared of the uh, the job search mm-hmm. that this is what I, at the time, I thought I was just kind of falling back on it, but I was hoping for the best. But now I'm looking back and I think this experience has completely changed what I wanted to do with my future because I thought that when I get done, I just want to go and find a nine to five job. But now, now that I've had this experience, I'm thinking, wow, there are so many different um, paths to go down, you know? And yeah. so... I really think this opportunity is great for your career. I think employers are going to be interested. You're going to learn Spanish. You're mm-hmm. going to be more mm-hmm. culturally aware. And I think that, if anything, this is a move in a good direction for your career. So Because I think you change so much and you grow so much and you find out so much more about yourself. You're more self-aware and even more so being able to go with the flow about things. And I think more even than your resume, of course, that's just a piece of paper. When when you get that interview opportunity and you tell someone about your experience of living abroad and how that changed you and the way that you've been able to grow and um, adapt and um, really, it's hard. It's not good. It's not easy moving to a foreign country and figuring this out by yourself. First of all, it's a, it, it speaks volumes about the person that you are. And in addition to like the Spanish language that you're obviously going to be forced to learn, yeah this opportunity, you spend a lot of time with yourself when you you're do. traveling and mm-hmm. you're going to understand more about yourself than you ever thought you would. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. And that's only six months here we've been yeah. here. So. so imagine what you can do with two years. I was <laughs> saying for two, so imagine. To end this podcast, I just want to encourage anybody who wants to travel and doesn't quite know how or hasn't done enough research yet, definitely look into the Auxiliares de Conversación program. It has changed my life, and it's only been six months, Mm -hmm. as in being a good choice for your career, Mm -hmm. for your future life, yeah, in every area. And even if you don't want to do it for, you can do it as, you know, as short as one year, or as long as three years in one community, so Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a lifelong commitment, and you sell your soul, you just do it for one year, if you decide you don't like it, or if you want to go home, then it's completely up to you, but... I think it can only lead to good things for your future. We hope to see you next year in Spain, and we hope you have a stress-free application process. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to us on uh, any social media platform or um, through my blog. Thanks, guys, for listening. Have a good night. Mm -hmm.